Hey, Jake. I like video games. Well, hey, Tony. I like video games, too. Well, awesome, because welcome to... Okay, that's a terrible start. Let's try this again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Hey, Jake. I like video games. Well, hey, Tony. I like video games, too. Well, welcome to another special episode of Hey, I Like That Game. Hey, I like that game with some tossed salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good impression. Um, if, if you are confused by the episode title and what Jake just did there, um, we are recording a special episode uh, in between... Our main episodes, because Jake and I were actually able to get together face-to-face for, you know, the first time in months to hang out in my city of residence right now, Seattle. Some IRL meeting of the hosts. I know, it was fantastic. It was really good to see you, Oh, it was lovely. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. likewise. In that time, we decided that, you know, it's taking a while for us to get out this next episode for uh, Final Fantasy XIV. There's a lot of content to cover there. Um, so in the meantime, we wanted to record this episode since we had saw each other and played some games together, and we've been playing a bunch of games on our own, so we wanted to talk about it. Uh, so that's what we're doing here. Jake, I'm mm-hmm. going to kick it to you first. I know we were talking about me starting, but I'm just going to kick it to you instead. Ooh, mix what, it up. Yeah, what, what's, uh, what have you been playing outside of our little session together when you were here last weekend? Yeah, yeah. So I have been uh, playing with uh, my partner. We've been playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which came out for the Switch not too long ago. And I loved the first two Ultimate Alliance games. There hasn't been one in, I think, like over a decade. The Ultimate Alliance 2 came out kind of like mid-cycle for like the 360, the PS3 yeah, so I was really excited about this one to kind of dig into it and see what they did with the game in, like, the last decade. And I'm pretty disappointed with it because it feels like they haven't really done anything with the game in the past 10 years. Everything from the story structure to the gameplay to just, like, the writing and portrayal of the characters to even it having a difficult-to-manage camera feels very old in a frustrating way and kind of like the concept of ultimate alliance it's a it's a little like dungeon crawly it's basically kind of taking a lot of the mechanics of like let's say like a diablo and basically splashing them with a, a marvel skin and it feels like they just did that in a very cheap way that isn't really doing justice to what i think they could have done with that same format but with just like the benefit of more development time and i don't know who developed or produced this game but i feel like you know the marvel franchise and like entity and characters right now are just overflowing with monetary potential so i wish they had maybe just put like a bit more like time and effort and resources into this game to make it something that feels like it came out in 2019 not 2009 Mm mm-hmm Interesting. Yeah, I I haven't heard great things about the game, but at the same time, like I haven't heard a lot about it. So that's that's disappointing that it, it took this long for them to get a new entry out, and it's kind of bland. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that format of game too. Um, just sort of like the couch co-op, kind of like beat 'em up 
but with some progression system in it like that in and of itself is really i think ripe with potential and it isn't isn't really realized and like a lot of the like all the character designs are like 90s level characters i guess you see that especially with the x-men like it's the old school cyclops and all the characters talk like they're in a 1960s comic book and that isn't necessarily bad but it all comes about in very haphazard ways uh the core gameplay is still fine it's still enjoyable um and it's been like nice to play that you know with with my partner and have that gameplay together um but there are just like a lot of there's just like way too many errors with it for me to like wholeheartedly like recommend uh that that game damn well yep sorry what about you tony what uh, what have you been playing on your own so i got two things that uh i want to talk about the first um so after we played samurai showdown 2 for the show um, Mm -hmm. i got I got the itch to play those games again, and it was right around yeah. the time the new one was coming out, but um, that still hasn't hit the PC, and that's kind of my main platform of choice. So uh, my buddy Josh just happened to buy Samurai Showdown 5 Special on Steam. It was on sale for a couple of bucks, and he was like, dude, this game's great. Let's play. So I was like, sure, let's get into it. And... Yeah, I, I've i played a fair amount of, you know, the last Samurai Showdown game before um, this newest one that came out. And it's really good. It's super fun. I had never played this one before. It's been interesting to kind of jump into a game that is, you know, familiar from playing Samurai Showdown 2 so recently, but obviously taken up a couple of steps. Uh, this game came out in 2004, I believe, originally, and then this this version on Steam uh, hit a couple of years ago, I think, but the original release was in 2004. It's got a pretty huge roster of characters. I think it's like 28 in total, including some uh, boss characters. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, there is uh, a whole lot of returning characters from the series, and you know, just a lot of interesting interesting like uh, deletions from the roster so hmm. a lot of the characters that you would recognize from Samurai Showdown 2 are not in the game like remember um, that guy you really liked with like the giant fist or whatever like um, oh yeah that dude has wild character design and just yeah, like his packs have to be so off balance because he has one gigantic glove right exactly <laughs> he's not in the game uh, Earthquake who I believe is like yeah, I'm pretty sure Earthquake isn't in this game. Yeah, Earthquake's not in it. Um, he's like a like a signature character from Samurai Showdown, not in it. Um, was it Ganan, the uh, green guy with like the? Uh, oh yeah, with the, the claw, like the Valdo, yeah. the Valdo yeah, slasher yeah, yeah. thing. He's not in it, so it's it's a lot oh, more base. Like it's a my lot more main, base. My main squeeze. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird the characters that aren't in it, but. The new characters in it are all really cool. Like there's, there are a lot of very interesting characters that all have similar button inputs, but different enough play styles to make them feel very unique. Mm-hmm. It still has that heavy slash is going to do a ton of damage. So even even if you don't know complicated combos or all the special moves, you can still beat somebody with you know properly spaced big attacks and things like that. 
Um, I, I really, really enjoy that game. Um, and, and the thing is, is that while there's a lot of sword-based characters in the game, they also had a lot of, like, different characters. Like, there's one or two characters that use, like, magic. So they don't have a traditional, <laughs> you know, sword or spear or something like that. But they can cast spells and they can do, like, weird range attacks and things like that. They added more characters that have pets. One, I can't remember the name of this this one character in particular, but she's, like, uh, she has a wolf with her um, that she can ride on. So she ha- almost has, like, two different stances. She has her stance where she's on the wolf and has a certain set of moves, and then another stance where she's off the off the wolf and do certain moves. And you got to switch back and forth between them pretty quickly. It also introduces one of my favorite mechanics from the metal, uh, the Guilty Gear games, which is um, a they call it an overkill move in this game, but it's basically if you meet certain criteria, it's like a one hit kill. It'll just kill the guy straight <laughs> up if you're able to land the move and you know set it up properly. It's just a one hit kill, which mm-hmm. I, I love that as like a concept in a fighting game. Uh, it also has this like. Um, slow down time mechanic where if you build this one meter up that's like separate from your your, your rage or your pow meter um you can activate it and like slow down time for a certain amount of you know time so you could you can do more combos there you can kind of punish your opponent's mistakes a little bit harder because they're moving slower it also adds like fatalities like it's <laughs> really kind of crazy not in the traditional sense of like uh mortal combat but like if you finish a round with a like heavy slash or like certain moves that like really uh, hit your opponent with impact, you can, you'll like legitimately cut somebody in half and their and their sprite will slice in half and shoot blood everywhere. Awesome. It's it's that, pretty cool. Yeah, that was like Samurai Showdown seems like it was just so like could like really implant that into it and not feel like tacky or like it's being not true to its own like image. Yeah, it's That's very really cool. genuine, very genuine. Um, and it's this game the the sprite work is incredible. All the visuals look so good. All the characters look really good. It's it's very very anime for sure. But that's the same I showed on is right. Like that's what the motif it's going for, and it nails it. Um, I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoy this game. I'm still playing it. Uh, I'm trying to get other people into playing it so we, I can get like a crew going. But yeah, like that's. I'm really glad um, my buddy Josh like tipped me off on this game because it's it's super fun. If if you like Samurai Showdown at all, this is a this is a really good version of it, and I think it's only like 15 bucks on Steam, so it's totally worth um, checking out. The other game that I've been playing a lot a lot uh, for the past couple of weeks uh, is a mobile game. Uh, it's called Legend of Soulguard. So um, Legend of Soulguard uh, kind of apes the mechanics of another one of my favorite, favorite puzzle games called um, Heroes of Might and Magic Clash of Heroes. So it's a it's a game where you're kind of fighting another opponent. You have um, your screen is at the bottom uh, and then your opponent is at the top half of the screen. You have different color characters on the screen and you're trying to move them into either straight lines up and down or vertical lines. Vertical lines create barriers that make it harder for enemies to attack through. Straight lines activate those characters to attack your opponent on the other side of the screen. And when attacks make it through all of their barriers and other characters up the screen, 
to hit you know the the end of one screen it does like character damage and you're trying to knock the opponent down to zero the that's kind of the basics of the game it's a really kind of easy easy to pick up hard to master puzzle mechanic and one of the i think downfalls of uh, clash of heroes was that it was very limited in what you could uh, make your team up to be you had you know five or six playable races they only had certain units that you could play from every different race so whichever race that you're playing you usually only had maybe two possibly three strategies that you could go with in building your team whereas in this game they ditch the like um race or they play a race idea and kind of open up the floodgates for you to assemble a team in any fashion you want. You always will have four colors, uh, and in those four color slots, you can fill in whatever character f- that fits within that color. And there seems to be, you know, between maybe like 10 to 15 different characters that you can slot into each one of those colors. There are different rarities in there, so that's kind of where, like, you know, it's a mobile game, so obviously there's a bunch of free-to-play mechanics in there. Um, so the more money you spend, the more legendary or you know higher-level monsters you can get, uh, or heroes you can get, I should say, um, to put onto your team, which will give you an advantage. But even without spending money into the game, it offers a lot of different game modes, a lot of replayability. It doesn't... Um, it doesn't cheat you out of energy quickly like a lot of these free-to-play games do. And like I said, there's a lot of different game modes. You know, there's a fully fleshed-out campaign. Then there's a player-versus-player mode. There is, like, bounties you can do. There's, um, like, a resource-gathering, like, kind of mini-game you can play. There's an underworld you can do. There's, like, a boss rush. There's guild fights that you can do. So all of these things kind of work on different independent timers. So you can get a lot out of this game. Like I'll I'll be honest, I probably play the game for an hour and a half to two hours a day. Um, Or I can get that amount of gameplay out of it every day, um, depending on how I utilize my timers like efficiently, but it's super Mm -hmm. fun. Uh, I don't often put money into free to play games, but uh, I gave this game five bucks and I haven't uh, regretted it at all. I've honestly been considering putting more money into it because it's, a wow. very, it's a very well-made game. Um, it respects your time, which I really appreciate. It's a good mechanic, and um, you know, for the five bucks that I put into it, I felt like I got a lot out of it. Um, for the amount of time that I play the game, I've gotten a lot, a lot out of that five dollars. So, like, I, I would consider putting another five into it just because. I want to support this game, and I and I want um, I want them to know that they're making a quality product. So um, that game is called Legend of Soul Guard. It's free to play. Uh, it should be on uh, iOS and Android. I'm playing on Android, um, so definitely check it out if you like uh, you know the puzzle the puzzle RPG kind of games. Yeah, yeah. I know we played the Might and Magic game before a few times, and then I saw you playing this when we were in Seattle, and I picked it up too and i've played a bit of it and yeah it, it's a it's a fun mechanic it's like i don't know battle battle bejewel um and it's yeah it's a good it's a good time and it's not in your face aggressive about the mechanic and i haven't had a problem uh, like progressing through it 
at the pace in which I wanted to play it, which is always kind of like the biggest thing I have concerns with with mobile games, and I always like having a, a, a mobile game to play. So yeah, really good one. Check it out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so do you want to talk about all the stuff that we played while you were here? Oh, Jake? I would love to, Tony. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Oh, we could go chronologically. Okay. So we played, what, Lethal League Blaze first? Yes. So um, Lethal League Blaze is the sequel to Lethal League. And it's basically, got, like, Battle Pong? Would, would, like, is that, like, a good um, oh, yeah, describer? Yeah. yeah. It's, like, extreme Battle Pong. It's like a Jet Set Radio, like, fighting Pong game. It's, it's pretty crazy. So, um... You can play one-on-one, or you can do, like, four-on-four free-for-all, or you can do two-on-two. Like, it it has a little bit of customization in terms of, like, how you want players to interact with each other. But basically, there's a ball. Players go back and forth hitting this ball, bouncing it off all these different walls, and the ball changes color to um, whoever has control of it. So if I'm playing the red player, Jake is playing blue. When I hit the ball, the ball turns red, and... I can continually hit the ball. I have no danger of getting hit by it because like, I have, quote-unquote, control of it. Uh, while it is Jake's job to attack that ball and hit it back at me to try to hit me to, like, KO me or whatever. As you hit the ball, though, it gets faster and faster and faster. Oh, it so gets ludicrously quick. Oh, yeah. It gets into, like, the thousands of miles per hour. Like, it gets to the point where you can't even, like, really see the ball. Um, mm-hmm. You can, like, but, see where it's hitting the wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's it's really interesting. It's, it's really super fun. The art style's great. The music is really good. And it has... Um, it has a lot of the tenets of a fighting game where you can set up combos, you can set up, you know, like, frame traps to, like, trap somebody in a corner and, like, make them have to guess where you're going to hit the ball, and if they make the wrong move, they're going to get hit and, like, get killed. Um, there are special moves in it as well, but those are kind of easy to, to ignore. Um, yeah, I think it's a cool, it's definitely a cool game. Uh, it's not as fun as a Windjammers, in my opinion. <laughs> but, you know, what is... I mean, oh, I mean, we're scientists have yet to find another another situation, <laughs> but I would, that's a really it's a really fun one to play in a way that's fun and competitive, but not so much so where whoever has played it like a bit more is going to be able to master it. Like, I mean, Tony, you still beat me most of the time just because you're better at video games than I am, but I still felt like I was like in it and having a good time. And it is really cool how much the match and how much like each game or like each uh, like point can escalate uh, due to just like the speed of it and the simplicity and like access to it. So yeah, really fun. We played a bit of uh, Samurai Showdown two together, and I mean I'm still not like crazy about fighting games, but after having like some time to play it with you. Because um, I didn't play too much with other people, uh, it's yeah, it's a fun one. It's a fun fighting game to it's, to play with other people. Yeah, like the Samurai Showdown fighting games in general, I think are like a really easy to approach uh, first fighting game, like our first two D fighting game. Because like I was saying before, when I was talking about Samurai Showdown Five Special, because you don't need to know all the special moves to win matches. You can win by just you know, well-placed heavy slashes, well-spaced 
you know, little um, light punches and stuff like that. You can win by doing that since the mm-hmm. damage scaling is just so much different than most fighting games. So it's it's fun. And I, I could see that you were starting to develop like, okay, I know he's going to do this, so I need to approach it like this. Like, even in the short time they were playing it, I could see you progressively getting better. So it's one of those things where if you honestly gave me the opportunity to sit down and play a fighting game with you, like me and you, um, mm-hmm. or get a group together, like I think mm-hmm. you would get into it. I think it's an easy one, uh, easy one to for that purpose. But um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of spacing and maneuvering and figuring out how to block in that game. Uh, not so much like I don't know. I can think of like the other side of the spectrum, a Marvel v Capcom, where it's basically learning about how you can. 100 to 0 somebody in a single combo. Yeah, yeah, it's very very different. Um very very different in that regard. But I'm glad we got to play uh, against each other a little bit there. Like it's uh that was good. Yeah. It's fun. And then uh so then immediately after that, after a few uh head-to-head games, I found a peculiar title on Tony's Switch. Uh Night Trap? Night Trap. <laughs> Bam. Um, so <laughs> I bought Night Trap on a whim. I saw that it hit the uh, Nintendo eShop and it was relatively cheap. So I just kind of was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. Um, for those of you that don't know, Night Trap is an FMB, FMV game, which stands for full motion video game. This was going to be the next big thing in video games, like in the, the early 90s, to the point where... You know, some famous actors got involved. I believe a Corey Haim had a uh, full motion game. Um, so one of the actresses from Baywatch had one too. I can't remember what it was. But um, these full motion games are are really interesting. Oh, Scotty Pippen had a game, had a full motion what basketball game. What now? Yeah, Scotty Pippen. I forget what it was called. But it was like it was like Scotty Pippen Slam Jam, or I, I don't remember. Oh, jeez. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It's very different than any sort of video game you would see today because it's it's limited by the fact that somebody shot this with a you know camera like a movie. Um, mm-hmm. So you don't ha- you're never going to have as much control as you would on like a 3D video game. But it is it is such a time and place type video game it's uh yes it's fascinating yeah i mean i know we we tried to figure out how to play the actual game of the game and really we couldn't figure it out like we were looking up online i like controls and the entire game is basically like a timing mechanic mixed with like making sure that your perspective is in the right place at the right time because you switch between eight cameras and you basically have to, like, pick up on when a character says, like, okay, like, the code is going to be this now. Or, like, the color that you have to have the one part of the puzzle on is this. And it's, like, impossible to keep up with. But in a way that I can like, understand, like, back in the day, just playing it repeatedly over and over again, you'd eventually sort of get it. It's definitely, it's super cool and interesting in, like, this weird time capsule sort of way. Because it's essentially just a bad 80s movie in the form of, like, a poorly thought out interactive experience. So after a while, we just gave up on playing it and watched basically the movie 
of Night Trap on YouTube. And, like, that was fun, especially was after great. having, like, tried to play the game. Yeah, it was great. It's, like, such a fucking bonkers thing because it's, like... Oh, yeah. The, the setup is, like, oh, these, like, kids are going to this, like, winery to, like, be to, like, to be volunteers at a winery or something like that. But the wine is actually, like, the blood of people. And mm. the the uh, hosts are vampires. And, wait, what was that guy's name? Crazy Eddie? Um, Crazy Ed, yeah. <laughs> Crazy Ed is there, and he developed a laser gun that kills the vampires because... That he course. gives to, like, a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> right. It's, it's fucking far out. Like, honestly... Do yourself a favor and go onto YouTube, watch the 45-minute director's cut of the Night Trap movie. It's it's great. It's really, really good. And then oh, yeah. Once you, and then once you, like, watch that thing, you're like, okay, that's a crazy 80s movie. Then watch like, a playthrough of it, and it's even more ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. It's so It's so interesting. I'll never play that again now. Like, I'll never boot that game up ever again but i'm glad i have that piece of history now they i could say that you know i've played and seen all of night trap it's yep (laughs) it's wild uh so i think that's the stuff we you and i's played together but then we also went to uh barcade in west seattle uh vidiot which is a place that i would love to go to when i lived in seattle and always love to visit when i when i go back yeah. Uh, so yeah, Barcade. It's um, I guess its main shtick is that all the games except for uh, pinball and a few other machines, uh, like a few very select machines, they're all on free play. Mm-hmm. And then there are a bunch of like, basically stand-up cabinets that have a whole bunch of different games preloaded onto them. Uh, there's one that has like a bunch of different fighting games, like even basically like, modern console fighting games, but with joysticks there and like the arcade fashion. Yeah. And it's a really really cool place and we played a whole bunch of games but i think there's one specific game uh you might want to reel in oh my god it, it, that was a fantastic segue too um, thank you thank you thank you yeah <laughs> um so i found one of my new favorite games of all time uh it's called uh sega bass fishing challenge i have a i have a history with with uh, fishing games the last episode i did of my former youtube show game it or hate it we did it on Sega Bass Fishing, which if you haven't seen it, go watch that episode of my show. It's hilarious, and it's such a fun little game. But this game is its another fishing game, but it's using a lot of the same mechanics as a golden tee or a silver pin or silver ball. I can't remember what it's called, the, the bowling game. So it has, it has a track ball in the middle of the cabinet, and it's kind of like a big, wide... Uh, sturdy cabinet, and the you know object of the game is to to catch these fish. But it does some really like fun, interesting mini game like things with it, where you go to a certain fishing location, you can move your boat around and move um, where you're aiming all over the place. But the uh, game gives you almost like a uh, imagine a darts target, like a you know, series of of circles inside one another. And you're just trying to, you know, shoot your lure into um, either like the center of that uh, of that darts board or in like glowing moving areas uh, in the water. 
if you land in those areas, you um, have the ability to catch a bigger fish. Once you kind of once you cast the the line out there, then it it turns into this like reflex based game where you have to set the hook so like you'll like throw up a uh, an arrow one direction you have to like move the move the ball in that ex- uh, direction to set the hook and then you have to reel it in and fight with it which the way that works is uh, a long bar comes across the screen that has you know red on either side and in the middle is green and that green section could be bigger or small depending on how big the fish is and basically as the fish is fighting you you're trying to move the trackball to keep a little indicator in the center of that green in the center of the screen but since the fish is fighting you that bar is flipping back and forth and getting pulled to one side or the other so it's a frantic you know it moving is a as... physically visceral game <laughs> yes like it 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 is one of the most gameplay tying thing to what like what it feels like to be actually like fighting a fish or like like reeling in a fish so you're not reeling it in like a like on an actual fishing pole but the the fight that you're having with this trackball trying to keep it in the center is like I started sweating and like I'm moving as fast as I can and like oh, back yeah. and forth in these other directions it it feels really good it looks kind of silly when you're doing it but I I had such a fun time doing it it's one of these things where I would have never put a dollar into that game to try it like if it was at a bar like golden tea like I would never play it in that context but since i could play it for free at vidiot i there was no um harm in trying it and now i'm like oh dude this game is amazing like i i'm trying to think of when is the next time i can go to vidiot so i can play that game again you know i'm not gonna lie i also looked up how much it would cost to buy a um a stand-up arcade version of that game how much Uh, four grand um so it's a little expensive, but I've thought a little about outside it. it. Yeah. Oh my I've god. Yeah. About. Oh, it was a whole a whole lot of fun playing that, and yeah, I'll mirror your your sentiments of just how viscerally engaging that is. That's always one of the most fun parts of an arcade to me is how much more I guess like physicality can be in the game, either like a driving game, a shooting game, or a fishing game. There's so much action there that's not mirrored on just like a mouse and keyboard or uh, over a controller which is what makes an arcade so so very special um again it's a good game that was on free play because uh, it is a bit of a learning curve and sort of getting that sense especially for the the casting because if you don't have a good first initial cast then you're gonna you know not be able to get a high score from there no matter how how good you are at reeling. So it's good. I was, I was really appreciative, appreciative that it was uh, on free play uh, and most just like everything in Vidya too. That place is amazing. If you're ever in Seattle, absolutely 100% Vidya West Seattle. Go. Well, we also we also played a little bit of Guitar Hero. Um, yeah, we played some Guitar Hero. Um, I played fun. some Crazy Taxi. Ooh, Crazy Taxi is a great game. Uh, I also, I did have Samurai Showdown 5 Special up on one of the, the machines. Uh, oh, did you now? I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I, so I noticed these two other guys playing it, 
and like this is when we were all playing Guitar Hero. Like I was looking over, I saw these guys playing it. I'm like, oh my god, I want to try to get in there. And by the time I finally was like, you know, free from playing Guitar Hero for a little bit, they had already moved on, but it was still on the machine. So I played a little bit of it. It's it, that game's great. The game's super duper good. Um, but it, I had a fun or maybe not a fun moment. I had a very nostalgic moment uh, <laughs> while we we're at Vidiot because. Um, I was trying to switch over to Rock Band so so my fiance and I could play a couple more games together because she really likes playing on the guitar and dabbling with the drums. So I was like, okay, let's let's play a little Rock Band. And I forgot that the PS2 uh, sometimes she doesn't read games. You know, sometimes you'll just get get to that home screen and it won't read the game, and you'll you know keep trying. All, all that you can, but it just doesn't read anymore. And it's like, oh yeah, this is that wasn't just the NES. Like this happened for a long time, where games just be unreadable, and like, oh soon you forget about that. You know, now I haven't had a problem playing a video game when I've wanted to in a long time. But I mean, that was only what 10, 15 years ago. You know, not even. Yeah. Um, that you were uh, a slave to either the condition of your disc or the cleanliness of the eye laser. So that sucked. But I will say it was fantastic to, again, look through the browser screen and looking at all the cool icons from my PlayStation 2 memory card. Uh-huh. Um, oh, that, that was always was, so pleasing to watch. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun little nostalgia trip there. Yeah, I just I remember when I came in, it's like, oh, let's play some Rock Band. And you said, oh, we've we've tried it already, and the PS2 can't read it. And then I remember just vividly remembering that. Um, I explicitly ex- had that uh, issue a lot with a uh, Tekken Tag tournament back in the day. So yeah, that was always the biggest shortcoming of I think like that generation of games um, was that it was just so fickle all those CDs and like I can't remember the last time I worried about like a disc being too scratched or something like that and I'm so grateful for that uh yeah for sure well hey Tony guess what we have an email question oh we do yeah so this is uh from DJ he says uh hi Jake and Tony I'm DJ and I've quickly become a fan of your podcast I was curious as to how you guys know each other and how this got started. Oh, well, that's fun. Well, DJ, we're a big fan of you, too. Thanks for writing in, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, so Jake and I met uh, at work. We were former co-workers. Uh, Jake started in the office I was in in, uh, in Southfield, Michigan. And... Uh, you know, we quickly became friends. There's a couple of things that uh, kind of drew us together kind of quickly. I was going through a, a shitty breakup, and I uh, <laughs> I was kind of struggling at work. And, you know, Jake and I had already been, like, friends and, and, and stuff like that a little bit. But uh, I was going through a really rough time, and, you know, Jake was really there for me at that time. And, you know, ever since then, we've been pretty close. And you moved to Seattle first. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So I moved to Seattle, and then about, I think, I can't, like, two, three months later, maybe? No, it it was, like, six. It was, like, six six months. months. Okay, about six months later, later, then uh, Tony moved to Seattle as well, and we were both there for a while. Both, like, still co-workers. Uh, We were both transferred from the same company from uh, Southfield to Seattle. So, you know, we're 
seeing each other every day, carpooling a lot, and uh, I think in Seattle is when this this podcast really kicked off because it was an idea that you had been kicking around for a while, and I had been hinting at for a while that I really wanted to do it with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So then you <laughs> eventually just like said like, "Hey, let's do this podcast together," and like I'd really want to do it with you. And that's when it really, really kicked off. And then, uh, we, yeah, we did Uncharted 2, uh, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, uh, Elite Beat Agents. Those are, like, the really, like, a lot of the big ones I remember from from when we were doing it in Seattle. Oh, uh, yeah, we did then, uh, Gunstar Heroes. Oh, yeah, Gunstar Heroes. That was a fun game to play co-op. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the... I you know so I've I have a history of doing these different uh, shows and things like that. Uh, like I mentioned earlier in the uh, podcast, I had a, a YouTube show um, from maybe like five six years ago now. I mean, oh shit, maybe even longer than that now. Uh, called Game It or Hate It, which is still up on YouTube. Uh, if you check it out, if you search Game It or Hate It, um, it should come up. But you'll get a lot of uh, Hate It or Love It by uh, Fifty Cent in the game as well. <laughs> as well. Um, wasn't that wasn't the smartest uh, uh, show title choice, but whatever. So I did that for a while. I had another podcast. I was trying to do like a trying to do like a weekly cadence where we went over the news and did reactions and stuff. That was called Co-op Required. That I did with a good friend Rob and I. Um, I've guest starred on a lot of podcasts because I just I like doing this kind of stuff. But yeah, when I came up with the idea of you know, all right, let's let's do like a introspection on nostalgia. And that kind of a show and and something that didn't have a formal release schedule so we could kind of spend as much time or as little time as we'd want on every single game um, and not feel like I'm beholden to getting something out at a regular cadence. You know, Jake was the first person I really thought of as, you know, ideal co-host. Not just because we have a good rapport and and Jake's one of my very, very dear friends, uh, but because we have such different tastes in video games you know Mm -hmm. we're both very passionate about this hobby and there are stuff that we both really agree on but at the same time we grew up playing completely different stuff so um you know it was a it was a match made in heaven and uh you know we're already what a year and a half two years into this uh oh yeah we're i think we're well over two years 30 32 episodes this will be the 33rd episode and uh 31 games yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's been a wild ride, and it's been a lot of fun, dude. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you're sticking with it, and uh, you know I will do this show as long as you're willing to still do. This I will show, man. never. We're gonna we're gonna play every video game, not just every <laughs> game that we've played. We're gonna do every single one <laughs> before we end this podcast. So wait. So does that mean you'll play Street Fighter with me then? Uh, oh, I guess at some point, probably. 20 2085 once we get to that point <laughs> so so i'll just do like a a, a, a block of street fighter 3 street fighter alpha 2 uh Ooh, super street fighter the fighter. movie the game uh, no 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 we'll do we'll do super puzzle fighter and then i'll make you play uh gem fighter uh as a palette cleanser it's going to be great. <laughs> and you're going to play every Bethesda RPG. <laughs> oh my God, every civilization. Oh, you know what? I take it back. You are the worst podcast host. 
and we're this is our last episode. <laughs> yeah. This is Purgatory, and I'm your jailer. <laughs> yeah. So so DJ, that's kind of how we got got going. How we've really maintained it and dj also did give us a uh, game suggestion on twitter which is definitely in the pipeline rest assured i think what tony outlined with our own uh lackadaisical schedule that we like to maintain with this podcast it might take a bit but we got you we'll, we'll is, always remember it <laughs> it is not like i i also have a list going because i've gotten a couple of requests through uh facebook as well for games so you know everybody who has sent us game requests uh, keep them coming. I have the list going. What we're what we're gonna try to do is do a handful of those every year. Um, we'll try to do them in like chronological order when they've came into us. But depending on how many we start getting, that that might start slipping. But um, you know, we want to get to all of the requests that we're getting from fans. But there is also you know games that we specifically are like, okay, we want to do this stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have reached out to us with a game, know that we will uh, we will be coming back with it in in some time, not in the near future, but uh, shortly. Yeah, yes, yes. All your all your messages are being read. Uh, I'm in the Twitter and check the email every every so often, uh, but like not not super on it all the time. But rest assured that your stuff will be getting gotten to and. Uh, that that we read it all and we appreciate it all and yeah it's good to get some uh good to get some engagement so really yeah, appreciate it absolutely and you know it, it always helps for you to share and rate and review the podcast you know it's uh we love doing this show we are going to be doing this show regardless if anybody else is listening you know mm-hmm. we could have three listens per episode and we're still having just as much fun doing it but it's always good to get more people uh listening and getting people excited about it so um so yeah absolutely well tony i miss you i love seeing you in person uh but nice to always have these uh debriefs after we have some some face-to-face time and i will see you real soon for that final fantasy 14 episode yes yes what we're gonna try to do is uh in, in about two weeks, let's say, in about two weeks, we're going to try to record that. And then I'm also going to be in your neck of the woods again, Jake, at the uh, the end of September. So we might get another little mini episode out then, too, uh, depending on uh, how much time we get to spend together. So um, Absolutely. Yes, yes. All right, everybody. Well, um, this is Hey, I Like It Game, and we love you all. <laughs> go forth go forth knowing exactly. that tony and i love you and have given our blessing upon thee except if you're like a racist or like a shitty person then we don't like you but still keep yeah, listening don't be we crummy probably... we appreciate your patronage but like hey be nice to people yeah we can just like <laughs> like people like you know what Here's you know what, here's our message. Here it is. Everybody likes video games. Like, hey, we like video games, but we know you like video games too. And everybody around, for the most part, I mean, like, everybody's a gamer now. Whether they're playing, you know, World of War, World of Warcraft Classic, let's going on right now, or people that are playing Call of Duty, or people playing, you know, Bejeweled on their phone, or Candy Crush. Everybody's a gamer now, and. Video games are awesome, and it's the best hobby, and that is what 
binds us. That's what brings us all together. At least that's what I feel. Games bring people together. So fucking stop hating people and play video games with people. Man. Damn, Tony. That was beautiful. Is that, that real? Is that too real for you? I, I feel inspired. I almost started <laughs> crying there for a second. And, yeah, I mirror your sentiment. Be cool. Be, be excellent to each other. And play video games. Anyway, this has gotten a little off the rails more so than most of closings are. I can't wait to see how you edit this end, ending part together. It's <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, um, I might just keep it all, keep it all in together. Well, see you later, everybody. Play <laughs> video games, love one another, and love video games. And, and uh, rate and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Hey everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of Hey I Like That Game. Keep an eye out on your subscriptions for our episode of Final Fantasy XIV, which should be coming pretty soon. You can find us on Twitter at LikeThatGame. You can email us at HeyILikeThatGame at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook just by searching Hey I Like That Game. I would like to give a big shout out and thank you to Andrew from the Peasant Handbook for making our theme music this week. You can find his stuff at peasanthandbook.com and you can uh, listen to him at our previous episode where we talked about Total Annihilation. Thanks for that, Andrew, and we'll see you next time on Hey, I Like That Game. <laughs> <laughs>